I'm just going to do a summit and I'm going to bring all the top menopause experts who really understand that this is the time in life when women should be flourishing, right? We've all got gifts to bring, but if we don't feel good because we're tired and hot flashing, we're not going to be able to bring them. And I really think that our world being a better place requires menopausal women to feel fabulous so that they can each bring their unique gift. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Did you know that over 50 million women in the U.S. are currently going through menopause? That's a lot of women experiencing a spectrum of changes emotionally and physically. So why is it that there is so much taboo and confusion around this transition in every woman's life? Well, for starters, our culture, the media, and the medical profession have created a false narrative and sold us on the idea that menopause should be feared. And yes, women do fear menopause. In a recent study, over 50% of women fear the changes that take place in menopause due to a lack of information. Now today, Dr. Karen Dunstan and I want to paint a different picture. We plan to share that this incredible transition can look very different, especially when we shift our outlook about what menopause is and what it can be for each and every one of us. The changes that happen to us as women, honestly, don't start in menopause which is defined as a time that we have gone a full year without our period. The transition to menopause and the year countdown happens during perimenopause. And it's during this phase that we begin to experience a spectrum of signs and symptoms based on a series of factors, not just a gradual decline of progesterone and erratic decline of estrogen. That's why I think women find it so confusing and especially doctors even more so. I believe that the more clear that we can be about what's going on in our bodies and all of the moving parts inside and outside of our body, the more prepared we can be to really manage this transition and beyond with ease and grace. Now, as I wrap up the final edits for my book manuscript, The Menopause Solution Book, which is going to be released in the spring of 2021, I will continue to focus on more topics related to women's hormone health concerning areas that happen and take place predominantly through perimenopause and menopause, so really affecting women in our 40s, our 50s, and beyond. Now, I will say that sometimes these types of changes can happen even earlier, But I really want to double down on pelvic floor health, libido, sleep, fatigue, inconsistent periods, heavy bleeding, estrogen dominance, just to name a few. And as you've noticed over the last couple of months, I have touched upon some of these topics and I will continue to touch upon these topics because I know this is what a lot of us are dealing with, especially as we hit our 40s with not only that, with all the other things that we have going on in our life. Now, just last week on the Q&A Friday, I shared a powerful episode on debunking menopause myths once and for all. It was episode 233, and it is the perfect precursor to today's episode. Now, today we're going to be addressing some of the biggest root causes for menopause, including a limiting belief mindset, right? That mindset that says that goodness knows 
everything is changing for us. Things are never going to be the same. I want to be able to address that today so that you feel a lot more ease and grace going into this next amazing phase in your life. Now, Dr. Karen and I are on the same wavelength when it comes to redefining menopause and how to own it like a boss. And speaking of Dr. Karen Dunstan, she is hosting an epic summit later this month called Stop the Menopause Madness, and it's completely free to attend. Now, I'm really excited because I'm going to be on it talking about some menopause myths and how we can reframe and navigate menopause just the way that we were meant to. So I'm super excited to be a part of this incredible event. Now, I will have the link for the show notes or in the show notes for this episode that you can register and then listen in to some of the most powerful episodes on this topic. Now, I'm excited to jump into this amazing conversation with Dr. Karen Dunstan, but before I do, I want to quickly sing her praises. Leading by example, OBGYN Dr. Karen Dunstan lost a life-changing 100 pounds and healed herself from chronic disease by addressing the root causes of her overweight and dysfunction during menopause. This transformation in turn caused a professional one where she left her OBGYN practice in 2011 and pursued helping women to heal with this revolutionary type of natural medicine called functional medicine. So now she focuses on anti-aging, metabolic, and functional medicine and has been able to serve thousands of women with cutting-edge research and actually helping women to get to the root cause of what's really going on. Let's welcome Dr. Kieran to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Once again, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. It's so great to be here. Mm, it is so great to have you. We are talking about how to stop the menopause madness. And I know a lot of people feel like there's just nothing they can do once they step into that. And that's a lot of what we hear from our doctors as well. But I know that you and I feel very differently <laughs> about this transition in our life, which really is meant to be filled with a lot of ease and grace. And so what I would love to do before we get into this, and I know we've had you on the show before, and oh my gosh, I remember just loving every moment of that episode, which we'll be linking to in the show notes for this one. But Dr. Kieran, what was the impetus? Like, what was the inspiration for you deciding that this was a group of women that you wanted to serve? Well, it's really my story because I was 47 when I really had the pinnacle of my health problems, weighed 243 pounds. My hair was falling out. I had no sex drive. I had fibromyalgia, which is pain in the body all over. I had chronic fatigue. And it really was what catapulted me to discover functional medicine, learn a root cause resolution approach. It not only transformed my own health to better than it had ever been in my 50s, but it transformed my career because I could no longer do pill for every ill and surgery medicine because I had a bigger truth, which was that you need to address the root causes of what's making the body unhealthy. And I've worked with women doing this work for over a decade now, but I still was dismayed by really the experience that most women are having at midlife from perimenopause to menopause. And, you know, I went to a birthday party recently, social distancing, and 
you know, the comments that we're basically over the hill and we should medicate ourselves with wine and chocolate and that that's all we really have to look for forward to and the information that these women aren't getting from their doctors that can heal their hot flashes and their low sex drive and their hair problems and their weight problems and all of the things that you and I know that they should be experiencing just got me so frustrated and then also another friend of mine went to menopause the musical and she said that when you go in they give you fans. So they're expecting women at menopause to have hot flashes and be miserable. And then the entire show, she said she cried and everybody was laughing. And that was so poignant to me. And that's how I feel. I'm enjoying menopause. I feel better than I ever had. And there's so many women who are just suffering needlessly because their doctors aren't giving them the answers. I mean, ACOG only recognizes two symptoms of menopause, vaginal dryness and atrophy and hot flashes. And that's all they think is an issue for us at this time of life that we need medicated. Yes. And that's yeah, that's a medicated. So let's, you know, those <laughs> are the two issues that we can easily prescribe estrogen for or synthetic estrogen for. I had read a stat and I, oh gosh, I'm trying to forget where I came, the stat came from, but that only 13% of women in menopause who go to their doctors are actually even treated. Most of them are just kind of brushed away, brushed to the wayside, just told that this is just a part of their stage in life. So, and honestly, I don't exactly know what they would be treated with besides bioidenticals or, or synthetic estrogen and progesterone, progestin. And so I know that there is a better way for us to do it. So even if they were getting treated, I'd still want them to have a much more functional approach. But I was really surprised. Honestly, I thought that every woman who came in after 50, they just decided that they needed to be on hormone replacement. But um, what what was really interesting is that they were not, they were kind of denying over 80% of women that option as well. It's so true. You know, ACOG has this official position, the least amount of hormones for the least amount of time for symptom management only. They don't even talk about the cognitive benefits and how it preserves your brain function and helps to prevent Alzheimer's, right? They're not really looking at bone density and prevention of osteoporosis or treatment and maintaining muscle mass. So you and I know that there are sex hormone receptors all over the body, predominantly highest concentration in the central nervous system, your brain. And that means it's not just about sex, right? It's about your whole health, your whole body and your whole life function. So they really take a minimalist approach. And the truth is that if you want to live a wonderful menopause, healthy, vibrant, vivacious, sexy, intelligent, mood stabilized menopause, you need to be addressing these issues at the root cause. Agreed. 100%. Well, let's talk about what menopause madness is. And as you had just mentioned, Dr. Karen, kind of the symptoms that really hit the fan for you was at 47. And I don't know if you were in menopause then or you were kind of at the end of perimenopause. I find that a lot of the symptoms, some of the worst symptoms that we're seeing in women are actually in our 40s in perimenopause as we're trying to approach menopause. So can you speak into that as well? I know for me, I, you know, my mama, when it she was at her peak, when she was having her hardest time, she was 48. 
And she didn't actually end up hitting menopause until I think 52. And so I would love to talk about where does the spectrum land in terms of the madness and what do we absolutely need to actually address these root causes? Right. So when I talk about the menopause madness, I'm including perimenopause in there because you're right. It starts in the 40s and then it just progresses into the 50s. And the madness is the insanity with which the medical establishment is treating, or shall I say, not addressing women's needs during that time period. So I was perimenopausal at that time, but had no idea how to properly address it. I mean, mainstream medicine will throw oral contraceptives at you, antidepressants, sleeping medications. It's all about band-aids for symptom management. And no one's saying, hey, your estrogen's going up, your progesterone's going down. There might be something going on with your testosterone. And oh, let's look at your thyroid and cortisol too, right? (laughs) So they're just like, here's some birth control pills, take it. So that's where I was. And when I discovered functional medicine, I was able to identify all these root causes. And yes, I had a thyroid deficiency and I had a flatline cortisol. So I definitely had adrenal fatigue and I was progesterone deficient and had too much estrogen. And so I got that straightened out and actually didn't hit menopause until a few years later. But because by then I knew how to take a functional approach, I was able to course correct over the years. And when I finally had no ovarian production of hormones at all, that's what menopause is. When you have no more eggs, no more egg made estrogen and progesterone, I was able to tweak my hormones as needed because everybody needs adjustment. It's not like fix it and forget it right? It's a moving system. And over those years, you have to change it so that now in my 50s, I feel great. So for some women who are listening and watching, they're in their 40s. And it's like one friend of mine said, it's a dumpster trash fire. (laughs) You know, it's like, what happened? You know, what has happened to my body? Periods going crazy, hair loss, sex drive, moods, weight, gastrointestinal symptoms. And so you can correct that with a root cause approach. And then by the time you get to menopause, if you do address it in your 40s, you can really smooth that out. Get someone who's a partner with you, who has the expertise to help guide you through so that you're always course correcting so you can be your best at 47, 50, 53, 56, right? Every all along the path. And then in your 50s, even once you go into menopause, you know, our bodies are not static. I always say that health is a journey, not a destination. So you've got to be correcting, looking at all the aspects, toxicity, hormone balance, everything that goes into making you feel your best and look your best. You've got to always be course correcting. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's not like we just get to menopause and that's it where all of these things like your that your health is laid out at that point there's nothing that you can do about it you know as you're talking about root causes i know people are wondering right now listening to the well, well what are those and here's the thing is that these root causes not only did they have some impact on the shifting of your hormones when you're in perimenopause to menopause but those root causes if they're not addressed they're still there right whether ovarian function is is turned off or not. And so I'm really excited. You're talking about gastrointestinal. I mean, another big root cause mm-hmm. that I see is, is insulin deregulation. 
Another big one is, is stress and, like you said, toxicity. And so these are underpinning root causes that can create a whole lot more than just throwing off our hormones, but they're definitely throwing off our hormones as we're moving through these transitions. And I think that's what you're saying, too, about nothing static. Our bodies are continuing to either, we're either thriving or we're, we're dealing with some level of dysfunction that's being driven by these root causes. The hormones and the interplay of our hormones kind of just make things a little bit more interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's so important to point this out that part of the madness is that we women think it's only our sex hormones that are the problem. And the issue is that you've had all these problems accruing, accruing, accruing over time, insulin deregulation, thyroid imbalance, cortisol, toxicity, all the things that you're talking about. And here comes menopause. I call it the straw that broke the camel's back. And we want to blame everything on menopause. But the truth is that most of the symptoms you're having at menopause are because of these root causes that you weren't aware of because your doctor doesn't know to address them and you go to your doctor and think that they're going to teach you everything, but they don't know what they don't know. And so those are accruing, you blame it all on menopause. And then what I see is women might address those sex hormone issues, but they never get to the level of health Dr. Maritza, like they should because they don't address those other imbalances that you and I know are vital. So that's part of the madness. Absolutely. Well, I just want to really quickly speak into, I'm turning 41 in two days, three days. And as you know, um, and my audience knows is that I'm pregnant and I've been in, you know, perimenopause and I think that women are going into perimenopause earlier and earlier because, and join us for this incredible, incredible transformation. Up. The things that I just didn't know that I know now, I'm like, okay, all of those things kind of just started compiling in my, I would say, late, late 30s. And so as I stepped into pregnancy, you know, almost at 41 and will be 41 by the time I have our baby, um, one of the things that they test you in your week 24, week 25 is a glucose tolerance test. They're looking at insulin reg you know, regulation. And my OBGYN very flatly, very, very specifically said, listen, you got to go take this glucose test in a couple of weeks. You got to drink this nasty, nasty drink. I know if anyone, every, any woman who's ever had children, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But she basically flat told me, you're not going to pass. And that's because it was really interesting to me and the, how we can look at it, you know, they basically, as far as they're concerned, any woman over the age of 35, you're, you already have insulin deregulation and the pregnancy causes it even more. It's just the kind of the way it goes. And the odds of you passing this test is very slim, you know, for gestational diabetes. And I thought what was so interesting about that was that how is it that we know that women in their late 30s or 40s, if they're getting pregnant at later in life, that they already have insulin deregulation that's going to impact their bodies probably when they're pregnant, but we're not putting together the pieces for how insulin is having an impact on progesterone and estrogen as we move further deeper into perimenopause. So I thought that was so fascinating. So like there's lots of disconnection, right? Well, we, we can see it here, but we can't see it over here. And I'm always really concerned about insulin levels for all women, really as early as the age, at age 30, 
particularly the impact that insulin can have on our hormones. Most importantly, I mean, one of the biggest, you know, irregularities that we'll see and we'll see all the way into menopause is PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so I always think of this as one of those root causes that we don't, we're not putting the connections together. Either you've got diabetes or not, but we don't look at that root cause for how it's affecting our cycle, how it's affecting estrogen dominance, and how it's affecting heavy bleeding, all of those things that tie into kind of the end of perimenopause heading into menopause. Yeah, you bring up a great point that we know this is a truth, but that this is part of the madness is that mainstream medicine watches you walk on what I call the road to diabetes. They know that you're going to have an insulin problem for most women by the time you're in your 40s, and they watch your blood glucose go up and up and up, and nobody sounds the alarms. Nobody checks a fasting insulin unless they're a functional doc. Nobody looks at your hemoglobin A1C and looks for optimal values, not normal values. So normal in mainstream medicine is we watch you walk down the road to diabetes, and we watch it for years and years and years, sometimes decades. And then when you get to diabetes, we throw our hands up and go, oh my gosh, now you have diabetes. Now you get the team jersey, you get to stick your finger and check your blood sugar and take these medications. And we say, which you're going to be on for the rest of your life, which does not have to be true. Whereas in functional medicine, we know that women are going to start having insulin problems early on. We look for them when they if they're not optimally functioning with their insulin, which is one of the major metabolic driving hormones, we address it and we say, hey, you're walking down the road to diabetes. We need to turn you around. And you absolutely can reverse this completely when you are insulin resistant, which is the first stage. When you are pre-diabetic, which is the second stage, you can reverse that and go all the way back to optimal function. Even when you're diabetic, once, if you have have enough of what are called islet cells in the pancreas that make insulin, if you have enough left, you can, like if you're only on oral hypoglycemic medications, you can completely reverse diabetes and get back to optimal. Now, once you're insulin dependent, it depends how many of those islet cells you have left. Absolutely. So if you don't have enough islet cells, then there does come a point of no return. And we're talking about type two diabetes, not type one. So that is part of the madness is that when women are hitting perimenopause and menopause, we know they have insulin dysregulation. We know it's contributing to their symptoms, weight gain, sleeplessness, low energy. Hot flashes. Hot flashes, oh, that's a huge one. In fact, when fatigue is the main component of the symptomatology that a woman comes to me with, the first thing I know is she's got an insulin problem. That is always the predominant symptom. So that's part of the madness is that we're acting like it's only a sex hormone problem. When the truth is, like you say, they know even in pregnant women, you're gonna fail your glucose tolerance test in 40s. I'm going to pass that test. Little little does she know I've been working on insulin resistance for a long time on my body because I've had a functional practitioner who's like, you know what, let's just stay on top of this. Everything looks good. But, you know, we I, we see a genetic history of it. I, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican. 
And, you know, they're just like, we just want to stay on this. I've been taking berberine and inositol and my inositol, you know, I am being really mindful about what I eat and how I eat it and moving my body. So I just remember looking at my OBGYN the other day and I looked at her, I gave her the side <laughs> eye because she doesn't know me. She's just like, hey, listen, most of you at 41, that's going to be your sentence is gestational diabetes. And I was like, not me, Miss Thang. I've been working on this for a long time, especially during this pregnancy. But I, th I found it so fascinating that she just like chalk it up to, you know, this is what you're going to go through. And I thought to myself, like, how, how is it that we're being so neg negligent and that we're just like, well, this is just what's going to happen. And I thought, well, how are we not having this conversation with women? You know, we talk about those those big hormones. You know, insulin being one of the, the one of the big mamma jamma hormones because it's driving our cellular metabolism. And so it was. It's just very fascinating as we're talking about root causes. We don't put insulin in the category of actual hormonal imbalance. We put it under the category of diabetes. But it's it's so interconnected and. And it, it's why I, I best believe, I know why my mama was having hot flashes at 48. She was eating peanut M&Ms like nobody's business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, come on, mom, we got to clean up this sugar situation. <laughs> yeah, you've got to clean up. The first thing that anyone needs to do about their insulin is clean up the sugar situation. But, you know, it along with, like we talked about thyroid and cortisol, it's it, their main metabolic drivers. You've got to get the home base. And they play together. They play together. And they don't play always so great together. You know, they, they they work off of each other. And so if you've got high levels of stress, whether you're eating donuts or not, it might as well just be like you're eating donuts and thyroid too. And so, you know, that interplay, and I get that there's even bigger root causes that are driving those hormones to deregulate and to play with one another as well. We can go even deeper, but it breaks my heart to know that we're not even looking at those hormones when we're looking at the sex hormones. I agree, but we are, but we are. people yes. who don't know, you know, when I didn't know any better, I didn't do it. But like Oprah says, when you know better, you do better. Yes. So now we right, know Oprah to also do says, that. know your numbers. Yes, she does <laughs> know your numbers. And I think for all women, we got to know our numbers first, and then we can start digging into what is going on, right? Whether it's gut issue, whether it's a sugar imbalance issue, whether it's a stress issue, or, you know, lo and behold, it's all the it's all those things wrapped into one. Yeah. And know your numbers. Ask your doctor to check your, your sex hormone levels, your three types of estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone. Ask them to check your fasting insulin, your A1C, your glucose. Ask them to check a fasting cortisol in the morning. Now, some doctors are going to say you don't need all that. You do. You do. If you want to be optimally healthy, you do need that. So just say, okay, but I want it, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. but you got to know your numbers. And in, in medicine, there's, we check everything. We check your potassium. We check your blood pressure. We, like we're checking, but how is it that there's no standard of care to check these hormones that I just talked about? Absolutely. Right. We'll run a lipid panel on you, but we refuse to run a C-reactive protein. You know, it's, it's really fascinating to me, you know, how many labs we'll run, but how many we're willing to leave out. Like I, I have, you know, just with my OBGYN, I've, I'm fighting her tooth and nail. And luckily I know I can go run labs somewhere else. And in some instances, I just do. I, one of the things I, I needed to have her run, because I have Hajimoto, so I check my thyroid labs every 90 days, especially during this particular 
journey that I'm on. But I had also known that I was, I had low iron and I wanted to see where my iron levels were. And she's like, it's just unnecessary. Unless I see it in your blood that you're anemic, I'm just not going to do that for you. And I was like, do you know how many, how much the, like how many things that as a woman, our bodies function are in desperate need of iron? brain function, you know, like all these things. And so I had to go off and get my iron and my ferritin levels done somewhere else. That's, that's part of the madness. You shouldn't have to do that. No, you shouldn't have to wait till I'm anemic. (laughs) Right. You shouldn't have to wait. Like that's way, the horse is way out of the barn down the road by that time. (laughs) I just looked at her. Like, I was like, what? I don't understand what you're saying right now. And she's like, well, you know, iron supplements can cause constipation, da, da, da. I was like, yeah. Anyway, it was just a whole thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm living in this moment right now. I'm, I'm living in the frustration of so many women, you know, where doctors are just like, ah, it's just not necessary. I'm so grateful we're having this conversation. Yeah. And this is why everybody watching, you need to become empowered with the knowledge and understand all of this yourself. You cannot abdicate control of your health to the health, the medical professionals, because they don't know what they don't know. And there's so much they don't know that if they don't help you with can hurt you. So that's why I'm glad that you're watching podcasts like this and getting the information that you need. And this is why I said the madness has got to stop and I'm just going to do a summit and I'm going to bring all the top menopause experts who really understand that this is the time in life when women should be flourishing, right? We've all got gifts to bring, but if we don't feel good because we're tired and hot flashing, we're not going to be able to bring them. And I really think that our world being a better place requires menopausal women to feel fabulous so that they can each bring their unique gift. Absolutely. I mean, you think about the wisdom and the brilliance that women in their 40s and 50s and 60s bring to the table. And, you know, we all deserve to not only thrive, but to really share that brilliance with the world. And it can be extremely distracting when our bodies are not working the way that we want them to do. And we keep getting told there's nothing we can do about it. You're absolutely right. I mean, watching my mom at 48, kind of similar to you, Dr. Karen, like just just in it, just confused, getting the wrong information. I mean, she was put on on synthetic estrogen, not even progesterone, and um, went into this. She just just went into a tailspin. It just wasn't what she was needing at the moment. And she just honestly thought it was the end for her. She was like, oh my, this is it. You know, like I just can't function anymore. And now, you know, I'm not going to say how old she's turning, but we can do the math. If I'm turning 41, she's got to be somewhere, you know, and she just doesn't always love to me telling her birthday, but she's going to be, you know, she's going to, she's going to be getting older this year. She does every year. And she runs like 10 miles every morning. You know, she ran, she's run all these half marathons, all these marathons. And it's just incredible because how she operates today, many, many years later, is so different than, than how she was feeling at 48 years old. Like she, I would say that she not only looks younger, but I know she feels younger than she did at that time. And it's, it's so possible. They weren't, they, we're not talking about massive shifts. We're not talking about, you know, any medications here. You know, it was just lifestyle changes when we figured out what was going on. And that's my story too. I was miserable. I was hopeless. 
I thought I'm just going to keep gaining weight and losing energy and losing hair and being sexless and miserable in my own skin because I had no answers. You know, I'm board certified OBGYN. I'm supposed to know all there is about women's health. And yet all my tests I run are quote unquote normal. And my internist finally said to me, I had checked my thyroid at least 10 times and it was quote unquote normal. And she said, Kieran, there's nothing wrong with you stop this. And I remember going home from her office and just crying and thinking, is this all that my life is going to be for the next many decades? And then I discovered functional medicine and just uncovered this Pandora's box of all these root cause problems that I didn't even know to address. And transformed my health. And that's why I couldn't give people drugs and do surgery anymore and retired from OBGYN because I know that there's such a larger toolbox that needs to be addressed that you and I both address. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Well, let's segue into that. I know my audience is feeling like, yes, we absolutely know we need, we, we, we have other solutions. Let's talk about some of the common symptoms of perimenopause and menopause and get into those root causes. Now, I know we addressed two of the big ones, energy, right? We know that energy is probably being driven by insulin resistance and also hijacked cortisol levels. We have the HPA axis is playing a role here. And then we've got the, the hot flashes and the vaginal dryness, which, you know, is, is the only two, like you said, the only two symptoms of menopause that are recognized in the medical system. But speak to me about some of the other symptoms that we should be mindful of that um, we don't necessarily attribute to this particular time in our lives. Yeah, so some people don't think that gastrointestinal issues are a part of menopause, but it's a very common time to start having GI problems, whether it's reflux, indigestion, bloating, irritable bowel, where you alternate between constipation and diarrhea, and inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So new onset GI problems in the 40s and 50s, you've got to think menopause. And that's not something your regular doctor or even your gastroenterologist is going to be keyed into. But if you do restore hormonal balance and and get rid of hormonal deficiency, a lot of those symptoms can be corrected. So you don't necessarily need an H2 blocker or an anti-motility drug to slow your gut down. You just need to address the root causes. So those are some of the common ones. I mean, I think everyone knows that sex drive is an issue, but I think what they don't know is that when you don't stimulate those sex hormone receptors in the vagina, vulva, clitoris, right? Your vagina, actually the the skin on it starts to get thin and friable and it can cause pain during intercourse and you won't get the lubrication you need. And those very sensitive nerve endings in the clitoris that give you all that pleasure, guess what? They start to die and decrease in number and then it becomes hard to have an orgasm or you can't have one at all. And your vagina actually starts shrinking down. So your doctor's not telling you this, you know, my cousin called me recently and she said, Karen, my doctor told me my, my vagina could cave in. Is that true? Because <laughs> she's newly menopausal. And I said, yes, honey, it is. We need to talk. So we got her, you know, straightened out and addressed her root causes and balanced her hormones. But I don't think a lot of women are even aware of the extent to which their body is thirst for those, that hormonal information to be received by certain tissues brain function huge. You mentioned that earlier. So sex hormone replacement is a cornerstone of, for instance, the Bredesen protocol to help reverse 
Alzheimer's disease. Well, that's because your highest sex hormone receptor concentration is in your brain and central nervous system. So that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your, your reproduction function and your periods. People think sex hormones are only about that. It's about how you think and how you feel. So decreased memory, short-term memory, you go out of a room and you're like into another room, what did I come in here for? Right? That can be a symptom. Moods, feeling irritable is huge. Mood lability where usually you're, you're pretty happy, but then now all of a sudden you're having more bouts of dysthymia. So not necessarily depression, although it could be, but just not being happy. So your mood, your cognitive functioning, your ability to make calculations and decisions, think of words, that can all be affected. Your musculoskeletal system huge, right? You know, a lot of people, women don't get the proper assessment for their musculoskeletal system. All women should be having a body composition analysis that looks at their muscle mass. So we start losing muscle mass and gaining fat mass around the age of 30. And it just progresses and progresses and progresses. So we're losing muscle, replacing it with fat. Most doctors aren't testing for this, but you need to know what is my muscle mass because that's one of the key indicators. It's one of your main insulin sinks and your glucose sinks. So if you're losing muscle mass, guess what? Your insulin can't do its job as effectively. You're going to store more glucose as fat. And that's a whole line walk down the road to diabetes. You don't want to go. But if you know that your muscle mass is decreasing, you can start to increase it and, re and getting hormonal replenishment can help. Your muscle mass is important for your bone mass, which is so vital. And a lot of women aren't getting that properly assessed. They're not getting the central bone density with DEXA that they need. I definitely say every woman should have it by 50, but possibly by 40, depending on her risk factors, because that's something that's really hard to reverse. So you want to know about it way sooner than later, because if you know about it at 40, that you're on the lower end of the bone mass, you can start addressing it. So a lot of women, they think they're fine because they might feel pretty good, but your bones aren't going to send you a memo, hey, I'm getting thin, right? <laughs> and your muscles aren't going to send you a memo either. You just know that you feel terrible. So make sure that you get those measured as well. There are skin right? We know that we start getting sagging and wrinkling, but a lot of us don't realize that that's partly because of our sex hormone levels and related to perimenopause and menopause. So if you want your skin to have good collagen content and elasticity and brightness to it, then this is something you need to address. There's no system in the body that perimenopause and menopause does not affect. Absolutely. Yeah, it's an interesting interchange because again, these hormones are like you, we know that they have receptor sites all over the place. And then we also know that these root causes can start to really wear on us as we kind of lose a little bit of resilience, whether it's muscle mass, it's bone quality, it's pelvic floor stability, it's sexual function, brain fog, anxiety, gut health, 
all of these things. And what I've I've really learned over the years is that there's so much of it, it that it's completely interconnected. You know, we've we've got to be mindful of what we're eating. We've got to be mindful of our stress. We've got to be mindful of our nutrient deficiencies and our toxicity levels, but then also about, you know, what's going on with our hormones and how are they functioning inside of the body, which I know is the functional approach is really getting to the root cause of why are some of these things falling to the wayside or we're just feeling like they're not working as properly as they used to. I feel like it's kind of like the, the clash of the titans, like it's all coming together where everything just is kind of whether we've got a higher level of toxicity or we've got some gut issues that we're dealing with. And as we start to drop some of these reproductive hormones and the receptor sites, we're not, we're not having them bind to those receptor sites anymore. It just feels like it all just becomes very crazy very quickly. Yeah. I call it the perfect storm. You know, you have all these underlying imbalances that we've talked about and toxicities and they're brewing and brewing. And then here comes menopause. And I say that people start circling the drain. And I hear women all the time who say every day, it's something new, right? I don't, I don't feel at home in my skin anymore. I don't feel like myself. Like, who am I even anymore? They don't feel like themselves. And if that's you, then just please hear what we're saying and know that there is an answer. There are imbalances that you need to find and address. And when you do, you can unwind that spiral down the drain and you can even go higher with your health and well-being and feel at home in your skin again, feel great, look great, and do all the things that you want in life. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I always know that so often, you know, once we're clear and have identified what's going on, let's say the labs came back and things are just a hot mess of a situation. You know, what for you has been the biggest first step needle movers? The number one foundation for me is hormonal balance. And the reason why is because it represents communication. You have two main communication systems in your body that are interconnected, your nervous system and your hormonal system. Your nervous system is your hardwired communication system, and it's pretty hardy. It takes a lot to really knock that out. But your hormones are is like your wireless, wireless internet in your house. And so if your house is like mine, I... Er, Every week I've got a wireless problem, right? Cannot connect, there's a storm, it blows it out because there's so many parts that are changing and that are involved with it that it's very fragile. Well, your hormones are exactly the same, right? And so all these meet in your brain that's the central hormone controller. So, so many things can go wrong. Your brain may not secrete the right controlling hormone to go to your thyroid to tell it to function. Your thyroid may not have the nutrients to make thyroid hormone. And when it does, it makes inactive form. Well, it has to go in your body to be changed to active form. Maybe it's not getting converted properly. And then the active thyroid hormone has to be received by the cells on the surface. Maybe there's a surface poor communication and that message has to be conveyed to the inside of the cell. So you see, there's so many areas that can go wrong. So just like when there's a hurricane, What's the first thing that has to be restored when there's a hurricane? Communication. That means phone lines and roads have to be open to restore functionality to an area because otherwise nobody knows what's needed. Nobody knows what to do. Everything's just kind of chaos. So you get the phone lines working and the roads open. People know what's needed. Oh, you know, food is needed. Water is needed. We need to get the debris out. 
Your body works the same. So when there's a problem, a lot of it is because the communication is disordered and the hormones are not getting the messages where they need to go. So cells don't know what to do. And they're just like, we don't know what to do. Right. So they just don't do much of anything and they're not working for you because that's why we have all the cells, because they're going to work for us to give us energy, give us vitality, pump our blood, make our insulin. Right. Do all these things that we need to have happen to feel good. So I start with the hormones and I start with the main metabolic drivers always insulin, thyroid, cortisol, and the other three, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So I assess those. And I have certain tests that I love to do. Sometimes it's dried urine testing with a Dutch or salivary testing. Those are some of my preferred. In a pinch, I'll do blood testing. If, if someone's not on any hormone replacement, that can be a great kind of Polaroid picture. And I start addressing those because if the communication is not right, the cells aren't even going to know it. Like if you start dumping in a lot of nutrients, the cells don't really know what to do because they're not getting the proper instruction. So that's really where I start. Mm. Okay. So once we've got the lay of the land, we, we know what's going on with the thyroid. We know what's going on with cortisol. We know what's going on with, you know, depending on where they are in their journey, if estrogen and progesterone are even, even kind of where they need to be. Then is it about kind of, let's say there is a thyroid concern or there is a, a stress concern. Is it about, do we start looking at the nutrition? Do we start looking at the nutrient deficiencies? Is it more lifestyle for you? Kind of talk to me a little bit about, and I get there's so many variations and deviations. It depends on what's going on with somebody. I know for me, with the low thyroid function and the autoimmune you know, autoimmune condition, you know, food and nutrient deficiencies were a huge, huge part and then cleaning up any type of leaky gut issues. I liken it to unknotting a knotted ball of yarn and you pull it and you twist and you unknot. And so everything's connected to everything else. So although this is my philosophical way of thinking about the body, everything overlaps and interconnects. And the, one of the first things I do is clean up the diet because, mm -hmm. you know, the nutrition. My simplistic philosophy is bad stuff out, good stuff in, balance everything. That's like the, the, the basic overview. But in that, it's the hormone balance. And then I usually look at toxicities and nutritional deficiencies. And I always look at what you call the intangibles, which I love that term. So I, I share that with many people because it's just so important. You know, the energy body, the things that we can't sense with our- You can't take senses. a pill for. You can't take a pill for. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so cleaning up the diet, though, is I have my health coach work with people to really balance out what they're eating. You know, I saw a new client this week and, you know, her cortisol's in the toilet and she eats, she gets up at four in the morning and she eats nothing until 11 a.m. because she thinks she's intermittent fasting and that this is healthy and this is all the fad right now, right? So what I like to say is intermittent fasting is a medicinal diet. It's a tool for specific people at specific times, but it's not for everyone all the time. And so what she's doing is stressing out her cortisol so severely that her cortisol is tanked 
And when that happens, her insulin becomes dysregulated. She starts keeping on belly fat. Her immune system has a problem and then she's tired. So that's kind of a side way of saying that everything is interconnected. But one of the first things I do is have start working on the diet. So those root causes, right? If you think about health, like a tree. So mainstream medicine works up in the leaves and branches. You have a skin problem. You go to the dermatologist. You have a gastroenterology problem. You go to the gastroenterologist. Her heart problem, you go to the cardiologist right? They really act like these things aren't really connected. You need a medicine for your drug, for your heart, a medicine for your skin. But the truth is, if you go down that trunk of that tree into the roots that stick in the ground, all the root causes of those leaf and, and branch dysfunctions are the same. Lifestyle, stress, diet, nutrients, toxicity, hormone imbalance. So that's where we're looking. So I start with hormones, then I look at toxicities, nutritional deficiencies, and intangibles. And those are all in the root causes. Mm -hmm. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly where we have to look. And I think at the end of the day, one of the one of the things I know so often. Some of us would love for it to just be a cream and some of us would love for it to just be a patch or, you know, a couple of pills. But at the end of the day, it's really about function. And, you know, we've, it, we've just, it's, there's got to be a little bit more work. And I know that you and I don't like, don't want to be the bearer of bad news by any means, but you and I have been there. And I've, I've been there more than once. And that journey required me to buckle down and to really clean things up and to really run through some, some, pro, some big protocols so that everything was running like that fine tune machine again. And, and what the biggest lesson that I've learned, cause I, I, you know, even, even at 30, when I was having my severe chronic fatigue, I thought, okay, I'm going to clean this up. It took me a couple years to figure this out. Cause I was, I was so in the dark. It was nothing I had ever experienced before. And goodness knows no one had anything for me. And so it took a, it took a minute to kind of get back to equilibrium and to feel great again. And honestly, I thought I was in the clear. I was like, okay, and, and not that I didn't take my foot off the pe the pedal. I was still doing the things that were working, but I wasn't consistently being as vigilant as I had been. And you know, you know, eight years later, you know, I get an autoimmune diagnosis, and and so I was like, huh, you know, it just it just was a great reminder of you know this whole time, like you said, it's never static. You know, we always need to be paying attention to our bodies. And you're right. We cannot abdicate our health over to our practitioners. And, you know, that's why I'm so happy we're having this conversation. You know, we should always be looking at our hormone levels. You know, we should be consistently looking at see what's going on. We should always be being observant of our bodies, aware of what's going on with our bodies, listening to our bodies and thinking, huh, something isn't, I don't know, something isn't right. If there's that, there's an inkling of something isn't right, we got to go back and dig back in. And honestly, for women, because there's so much going on and we're beautifully complicated, gratefully complicated, you know, that's how we're, we're able to bring, um, we, we're, we're the reason why this, why the world continues to exist. But with that, those, those, those beautiful complications and all the connections with our hormones, we just, it, we have to be a little bit more vigilant you know, than our male counterpart. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some of the things you said are so true. I just want to highlight. So, you know, we don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but the truth is that we are truth 
tellers and truth seekers. And we sought the truth for our own health problems and we found it. And now we feel an obligation to share it with you. So, you know, you can continue to be in denial and say, no, I want to, I just want a cream and a pill for every ill, but that's not going to get you the brilliant health that you deserve. So, and I love how you really highlight what you're saying is we, we always need to be mindful. It's not fix it and forget it. It's being vigilant. And if you pay attention to the pebbles, so symptoms that you have, you know, an ache in your knee or a rash on your face, it's not a sign that you need a cream or a drug. Your body talks to you in symptoms. So learning how to decipher the symptoms with somebody who is skilled at at decoding the language of the body really will serve you better in the long run because then you're going to get to the cause of that symptom. What is my body telling me? And if you listen to the pebbles, you don't have to get the rocks. And if you listen to the rocks, you don't have to get the boulders. I've had to get way too many boulders in my life, right? That's the catastrophic illnesses, the autoimmune disease, cancers, or you become susceptible and get COVID and have a severe case of it, or, you know, all the things that we consider horrible health situations, guess what? It's not genetic. It's not predestined. You are moving towards that for years and you just weren't paying attention. So pay attention. (laughs) So true. So true. And I feel like we kind of opened the door today for, you know, the things that we should be paying attention to. And then really what I really wanted from this conversation is just connecting the dots. And what I'm excited about, because goodness knows, yes, we could do an episode just on pelvic health and urge incontinence, right? Yes, we could do an episode just on vaginal dryness and vulvaldenia. Yes, we could do just on hot flashes, on stress, on on sleep. Um, But that is exactly why you created your event, right? Stop the Menopause Madness Summit. And so I know that you have carefully curated a lot of experts coming on to the show and really sharing their brilliance specifically on how menopause plays a role in anxiety and depression, or how it's connected to inflammation in the brain, or why are we dealing with gallbladder issues and gut issues in our 40s and our 50s, right? And why is it that gallbladder removal is the solution to a gallbladder problem? You know, all of those things, I know that you were that this whole incredible event is going to be addressing those key issues because we recognize, you and I both, that anyone and everyone who's listening right now, that you've got something specific. And although we wanted to paint the picture for what that root cause was, I know that in this amazing summit, we're going to get into major specificity about that's how we do this. This is how we do that under the umbrella that there is, it's all interconnected, right? Yes. We've got experts and they're talking perimenopause and menopause. Sure. I've got someone talking about estrogen, someone else about progesterone, someone about court. We got, we got someone on every hormone. So your hormones are totally covered, but then we've also got people talking about gut changes in the perimenopause and menopause and what you need to know and what you need to do. We've got people talking about brain health and what you need to know and what you need to do. We've got people talking about bone health, preventing problems, reversing problems, urinary incontinence, vaginal health. We've got, we, we have a master class on libido. I mean, she even taught me things I didn't know, right? As a board certified gynecologist. And I mean, it started as I was going to have 30 experts. And then I said, no, I want to, I want to cover this topic and that topic, you know, urinary incontinence and all the unique pieces so that every woman, no matter what issue she's having, we have someone talking about heart 
problems in midlife, that she will find the answer she is looking for here so she can stop her own personal madness. Because the madness in your personal life is what matters, right? How you're not being served with the healthcare that you're getting or not getting and what answers you're needing for your specific situations. So if you've got heart problems, if you're having memory problems or mood problems or GI problems, there is an expert on this summit with answers for you. So it's very comprehensive. I love it. And the summit is going live very, very soon. It's going to be happening November 2nd to 6th, right now, 2020. So gearing up. The best way to get set up for this is we'll have a link specifically to register inside the show notes for this episode. So I want you to stop right now, go go grab that link, register for free, and then you'll get a couple, you'll get the emails, you know, for when the event goes live, who's going live on what day, all of that good stuff um, so that you can, you can pick and choose, right? You're going to pick and choose what works best for you, who you really want to cue into based on what's going on with you. With that many speakers, definitely you can get really granular in what you want to learn about. And I just want to say, Dr. Karen, that you, thank you so much. I know the work that goes into a summit. I know the work it goes into curating the best experts and the best content to really show up for your audience. And I know that you have done such a marvelous job at putting this together. I'm so excited to be a part of it myself. And I'm really excited to to share it with my amazing community so that they're getting the answers that they deserve. Yes. And one thing I just want to add is that the majority of people in this summit are doctors. So this is not lay people telling you to, you know, eat some quinoa or something like that. This is people with medical degrees and expertise in these areas who really can drill down and help you understand. But I am so excited that you're a part of it. I'm so excited to be doing this. I want to literally stop the menopause madness. So if you're watching and your ears have perked up and you're probably thinking of a few friends and family members who could benefit from this, you grab them, all of you sign up, you could do a watch party and watch it together, make it an event and share this information with all the women in your life you love who could benefit from it. Love it. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. It is so much good content coming to you. And I love the idea of a watch party, getting getting some ladies together, maybe over a sparkling water or sparkling tea. <laughs> Um, Because we know that wine ain't doing anyone any favors all the time. (laughs) So kombucha, my favorite. Yeah, do a kombucha kombucha (laughs) watch party. Well, thank you, Dr. Karen, so much for coming on and for, again, for creating this beautiful event for everyone. Thank you so much, Dr. Maritza, for having me. Talk about some real talk for each and every one of us today. So much of what Dr. Karen and I see when it comes to women in menopause is a lot of accumulating years before we get there where we're feeling overextended and overworked. When we lean in on sugar for energy or get exposed to environmental toxins or we're just dealing with a bombardment of stressors, we know that those can compound and create more significant symptoms as we move through this transition. Now, all of this points to inflammation, and we can start addressing or even gearing up for handling that inflammation decades earlier. Luckily, 
Even if we didn't know to do that, there is always something that we can do about it. Just hearing Dr. Karen's story, but how she turned it around as she was stepping into menopause, losing the 100 pounds, treating her chronic diseases, and just completely transforming her body after menopause really opens the door for what's possible. And that's exactly why we're here today. And that's the other reason why she wants to make sure that she's sharing this information with the world. Now, as I mentioned early, Dr. Karen is going to be hosting her Stop the Menopause Madness Summit with some incredible experts. And I am so, so honored to be a part of that beautiful expert panel. Now, you're not going to want to miss this because not only is it free, you've got some of the best experts in functional medicine and who are literally live day in and day out helping women transition through menopause with ease and grace. As I mentioned earlier, the episode is going to have show notes where you can grab that link and register for free so that you can get your all access pass. So definitely before you go and do anything else, go to the show notes for episode 234, grab the registration link, register because you're not going to want to miss this incredible event, especially if you can only listen to just a couple talks. Maybe they're talks specifically pertaining to what you're going through right now. I also want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. On the next episode, I am addressing the biggest elephant in the room when it comes to women's hormones, especially 40 and above. This is the thing that shows up on every single survey that I run with my community. And that is understanding where the stubborn weight is coming from, understanding where the belly fat's coming from, especially after 40 years old. So the topic is going to be the truth behind stubborn weight gain after 40 and beyond. So I look forward to seeing you on this Friday's episode. It's going to Q&A episode where I'm going to break it down, hormone structure to hormone structure, so that you really have a sense of like what is going on when I'm not changing anything else. Why is the scale keep chipping forward? And I'm eating well. I'm exercising. What's the deal? And it all has to do with our metabolic resilience. It has to do with our hormones. And I'm really excited to get down to the nitty gritty about what is going on in this area that seems so uncontrollable for so many people. So until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. And I'm super excited for you to dive into this incredible topic that many of us are looking for answers in. See you soon. 